Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, animals of all ages, welcome to episode four of Halo Slip Space. Episode four already. Leaky, how are you doing, my it's, friend? I'm good. I'm good. That was that was great. I'm glad that you brought the animals into it because Did, they deserve uh, love and attention too. I just my dog's mix two it years up old. A little bit. How old are they? How old are your guinea pigs? My guinea pigs are about a year old. I have two guinea pigs. If anyone's listening and doesn't know. Um, they, they, they frequent, they frequent, there's actually, do you know, I've actually off topic slightly, I've actually got a pet cam now on the stream and it is extremely popular. <laughs> do you, do you, do you give him like treats and stuff? Like I do the same thing if, I if mean, the dog makes an appearance, he's got a button that you can give him yes, a treat. No, no, treat. not, not that the viewers can control because if they did, they, I'd have like six kilo guinea pigs. Um, <laughs> like, they their treats are things people don't consider to be treats. They'd be like um, a piece of broccoli. So, I mean, yeah. you could consider that a treat, maybe. They think you, it's like, a treat. Like in a bunch of cheese. Yeah, but uh, yeah, enough about that. Let's uh, let's discuss what's coming up in the episode. So this week, folks, we we are going to be talking uh, a little bit regarding how the books and films tie into. Um, games and 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 how the the Halo universe as a whole expands out. Um, we're going to be discussing Point of Light, the new novel out by Kelly Gay, which I feel is possibly one of the best Halo books ever written. Spoiler alert. Um, we won't be discussing can, spoilers. Can confirm. Yeah, can confirm. Very can good. confirm. We'll bring you up to speed with the latest MCC developments and the flighting updates as well. And we're going to talk a little bit about the new Inside Infinite update, which covers audio this time around. Um, and then uh, we're going to give you some teasers on what's coming in the next episode because it's a special one. But uh, yeah, any uh, anything you want to add there, Leaky? No, everything sounds good. Okay, awesome. Sound. I see what you did. did there. I see what you. Oh <laughs> my god. Okay. Why do I fall for these things? All right. Let's uh, let's move on then. All right, so let's discuss the first thing on the docket today: MCC developments and flighting updates. So. The latest updates that have come out were from Snickerdoodle, who is a, if you don't know him, he's a member of 343 Industries, and he put a post on the forums, on the community forums, basically explaining some things that have been coming, they're down the, coming down the pipeline, but they're not quite here yet, and they were things that people were quite excited about. Um, the first thing that they covered was the view model offset. So we discussed this last time, Leaky, where I told you about the ability to move your model of your weapon uh, around the screen. Um, we saw like a first version of this. Um, however, there was a lot of feedback from people um, and it's just not quite what players had hoped for. So rather did than you, just... Yeah, go on. Did you have, did you have the opportunity to, to, try it, to try it out for yourself? Yes, I did, yeah. Did you find it to be helpful at all? Uh, to an extent, I think I think the way that it was discussed by other people, it comes across as being this amazing system where you could shift the entire graphic almost off the screen type thing. I think that's what people were expecting, and it wasn't quite like that. Um, so rather than them just release what they've got, they've decided to go back and iterate on it again. So they're, they're working to make it more robust. Um, so they are holding off on this feature rolling out, and they're going to spend... A lot more time working on the feedback uh, and such they, they have said they've confirmed it is in progress um, but they're pro we're probably gonna have to look at the next flighting in order to get it it's it, it is good as it stands but I think people's expectations were made bigger by the way people were talking about it before the flight and I think that's a problem and I, I it wouldn't surprise me if 343 kept their mouth shut a little bit now 
um, and just brought out the next flight with it in rather than tell people what they're doing and such because I, I wonder if they made a rod for their own backs by talking about it before the flight that's, yeah that's unfortunately unfortunately after the first major flighting update where we were kind of told these things were coming yeah every every time we've got on the podcast it's oh it's not working the way that we hoped it's Yes. We need a little bit more time. And I, I wish at a point they would just be like, we don't have anything for you. We're working on some developments. We'll keep you posted when something is ready to. And maybe by the time you've read it, has shipped in-game for yeah. everybody to enjoy. I think that is the key thing they're going to... I do wonder. To me, it feels like they're going to change the communication slightly on new features. Because these are things that we've never seen in Halo before, um, whether it's in-game or in the menus or whatever else. And they're bringing in brand new features. I, I can't think of another company that would be this open and transparent when it comes to something that has never been seen before. Um, I, I just don't see it from other companies. So the fact 343 no. are doing it is great, but I do wonder if they've maybe put themselves in a bit of a hole by doing it. So I, I think yeah. we might see them kind of pulling back on how much information they give for, maybe not for fixing things, but certainly for new things as it moves yeah. forward obviously if there's stuff that's going wrong with the games yeah. them speaking on you know we know this is an issue we're going to adjust it yeah. all good we understand that you guys have a grasp on it but like i said before continuously telling us that the things that we're trying to put in just aren't working give us more time like quit teasing us about it and just yeah let's just get on with it yeah no absolutely the other thing they mentioned and it is the same thing about rolling it back for the next flight was the custom game browser so this was probably the most highly anticipated feature um but it didn't make its way into the flight because they found some huge bugs uh, basically they are looking to roll it out um and get it back up into the next flight but uh you know again like they've said they want to kind of um they don't want it to be half cocked when they release it and this is the problem is that they don't want to release it and go well we'll make it better as time goes on because players will probably get bored of it and then never touch it again um so it's it's a case of waiting they don't they aren't specifying a timeline of when they'll be able to show it um but yeah future future flight unfortunately for that one um and then throughout the whole duration of the flight that they did this month the one that we spoke about in the last episode there was a massive discussion around some technical issues um in various sections of it um i'll, I'll just put it bluntly here two of them were uh, discrepancies that were meant to be put uh, behind the legacy view toggle for halo 3 as well as performance issues on the new map waterfall which came from halo online um so for the first thing they've made updates to the katana uh, which is for the, if you remember the old Halo 3 Hayabusa armor that has the sword on the back. Um, I fought tooth and nail to get that. Yeah, it now appear, basically they've made updates to make it appear correctly in all states and they've also resolved an issue where the updated first person hands displayed the new models even though you're wearing the old armor. So they've, they've fixed mm. that one. And for Waterfall, they made some improvements to the map where basically um, there were certain performance dips based on, I, I presume it's to do with the number of polygons or the performance level of that area of the map. Um, so Waterfall will be releasing alongside Season 6, but it will only be limited to custom games for the time being. So it won't be in a rotation for matchmaking for the moment. Um, you can probably bet that they're going to be building a better performing version of that map and then uh, releasing that for matchmaking. It's probably the way that they're going to go forward. Makes sense. They don't want to 
I would hate to see them rush something into like some sort of competitive or even the social playlist and then someone has some kind of an advantage because all of a sudden my frames tank and yeah. go down to 20 fps because i'm in a specific corner of a map yeah that's the thing that's the problem it's not the whole map um but at certain points you can see drastic drastic dips in in how the maps play and during the uh during the flight that i was in people were actively avoiding areas of the map because they knew that if they walked into them and got into a firefight they'd probably lose so they it was a, a quite an issue okay so next on the gaming community updates for the list we're we've been blessed with another inside infinite so for those of you that don't know uh with the inside infinite newsletters uh 343 goes out they talk to some sandbox people they talk to campaign people they talk to the art graphics people uh they usually do it from a specific standpoint though like the, the last ones they did uh with the multiplayer they did the campaign they did building zeta halo and this one has the people that deal with the audio for the game uh, i highly highly suggest as i'll say with every single one of these because i don't feel like we'd have the time to go over the entirety of the yeah, article massive. do go yes do go to halo waypoint go to the news and always try and read these inside infinite newsletters that they send up this one has a few youtube videos where they're talking about the ways that they're developing the audio and some of the way and like some of the instruments and whatnot that they've used they're doing a fantastic job on it a they few actually, things that I, they actually let you hear the audio as well on some of the weapons which is um, when you when you see how like you fire a gun in a game and you're like oh that sounds cool and you just kind of move on but looking at this one i i was watching i was i clicked on the audio files that they released and they were like they show you how they make the, the weapon sound heavy then how they make the weapon sound alien how they make the weapon uh reverberate like the the, the you know the the way the audio reverberates through the weapon itself and then they combine them all into a file it's like jesus christ there's so much that goes into making one audio file it's insane so i'll i'll quickly touch on that they've actually put in the two battle rifle sounds one from halo 5 and then one from what infinite is supposed to sound yes. like and after listening to the one for infinite it almost sounds like the halo 5 battle rifle has two shots oh do you reckon do you I, that's I, that that's that's what i take from it there's okay. there's a few different audio files that they place inside of the newsletter highly suggest you go and listen to them especially the halo infinite br because it sounds meaner than master chief himself on a good day it sounds <laughs> It's, but it's it sounds really crisp. If you look at the actual audio files, like visually, yeah, the one for Halo Five, it looks very spread out. Like the the peaks and whatnot of the audio file, it 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 looks very compressed. It doesn't look like there's three distinct shots where you'd fire the battle rifle from Halo Two and even Three, yeah. where you can hear like hit hit hit. Whereas like five and sometimes four it just sounds like it's it's one, all just it's messy long, one long merge yeah and it, it sounds yeah. tingy if if that's a good word to describe yeah, it, it sounds no tingy. I, I know what you mean yeah like a metallic type yeah it's not yeah. it's not a, like there's no presence to the weapon no no i know what and, you mean and even even the other audio clip that they mentioned about one of the new banished weapons they show you every single piece yes that goes into the file itself and then they give you the entirety of what the weapon sounds like when you shoot it yeah and it just sounds so good like yeah. it's it sound it's it sounds like a banished weapon yeah. like the beginning of it hits really hard and then there's a slight ring to it afterwards and then like the reverberation of it afterwards from like firing and the echo and the crackle of whatever shell you've just fired it sounds fantastic yeah 
it's really good the audio to audio has always been a big thing for me especially as a content creator and i always tell people like audio is probably the most the biggest thing that can immerse you in something and everyone's like oh no but it's all about making the game look good and it's like no it's not it's it's the same as when you stream or you create youtube videos and stuff it's the audio because if you don't get the audio right people just aren't going to play it because it's uncomfortable or weird or whatever. exactly it's and always... I, I like i like that they went into talking about the audio as a whole and trying to make it not necessarily more immersive but it, the sounds that you hear mean more to you yes. right if you're playing any kind of a shooter game you know for a fact that footsteps gunfire enemy chatter that all makes a difference right yeah and what they've gone and done if is they've tried to create a system where if there's gunshots being fired at you the programming inside of the game gives you audio cues almost notifying you that you are getting shot at so you would hear shots come from a more direct line but if someone's shooting to your left or to your right at say one of your friends you still hear the shots but you hear them as the echoes you don't hear them as something that's getting fired at you it's yeah. something that's getting fired around you yes they actually I think, showed I think, like I, a... I think that's actually i think i think it's really going to come into play in multiplayer where you'll know if someone's shooting at you you don't just hear shots off in the distance because it's really really yeah. apparent in halo 5 especially when you play games like Warzone, it's it's super apparent. All you hear is just battle rifles going off. You hear some other shots. You hear a rocket launcher, and that's why you that's that's what you do. You just you hear it. You don't know if it's coming to you. You don't know if it's your own teammate. It just you just hear it. It's just noise at that point. Everything feels super super cluttered. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're going to try and find a system that gives people the know-how and the awareness that like yes, you are currently getting shot at, or yes, your teammate is currently getting shot at, or like like you're here you're here like the crack of the rifle as there's the bullet zings past you type thing so you'll yeah know, you'll know yeah. whether they're shooting at you or someone else in your vicinity for sure and the way the way that they've gone and, and developed it is like they've used different different pixels and whatnot different squares to try and oh, triangulate you're, where yeah where you're talking shots about the come vox, from where voxels. shots go to yeah volumetric yes, pixels voxels. a voxel is if, oh, for those if you if you're not technical so cool. yeah if you're look if you're not technical a, a voxel is a volumetric pixel it's a pixel in 3d um so it's a one by one by one pixel and those voxels can be used to create intersections whether it's uh, something physically moving in the game like a, a visual item or whether it's audio and the voxels are used as um, like staging areas for something to move from one area to another and they've basically laid voxels over the map so that everything can be affected by whether it's blocking the, the sound from you if it's happening behind a wall through a doorway the other side of the room uh, behind a chest like a, a giant boulder behind uh, a, a locked door behind a steel wall inside a vehicle whatever it is that's basically so the... I'll, I'll read you i'll read you the description they have underneath of the picture inside of the newsletter that actually shows what the voxels look like inside of the programming it says this image displays the in-game voxel debug view of one of the multiplayer maps we shared in a previous blog post the red line depicts voxels in the map with intersect which intersect with walls floors objects in the map the sound then travels from voxel to voxel finding the shortest possible path to the listener so instead of it just being a sound that happens and if you're close enough it, it you register it yeah the sound then travels through these boxes and if you are within 
X vicinity, you'll hear it. And if you're not close enough, you probably won't. Or you'll hear like an echo of it or something small. Yeah. That's the idea. Which I think is brilliant. It works on the same principle as, uh, for those of you who are a bit more technical, ping. If you've ever pinged something or you say you have latency in a game, it's the number of milliseconds something takes to travel from one location to another. That's what they're using on these voxels. So it's the number of milliseconds it takes for that gunshot to flow from where it was fired to where you're standing. And the longer the milliseconds, the less you're going to hear it effectively. For sure. So here's, so in, in turn, that's, that kind of goes over the way that the sound works. I know that's a, that, that seems like it's a poor way of describing the newsletter, but they talk also about the music and the orchestrating and the composers and whatnot that they use as well. And there are two themes for the campaign were hope and believe. So when, when I hear those two words i don't think halo 2 i get you know, halo hope and believe instantly make me think of the ad campaign they ran for halo 3 yes i think that's 100%. where they're aiming for i i i that was the question i was going to ask you was yeah. like what does that make you think of yeah, yeah that, I, that to me as soon as i read as well. it i was it was bringing me back to the music styles of like we're, we're losing but we've got a chance that's basically yeah. what i'm thinking in my head when i hear hope and believe um but it's going to be amazing though because I, I i swear i read somewhere as well that they are this is the first halo title that's going to have virtual surround sound technology built into it like they're putting in dolby um what else dts headphones uh windows sonic they're all built into it now so this is going to be massive these if you don't know these these are spatial audio technologies so it makes you can actually tell whether the gun is being fired behind you or behind you behind a vehicle or behind you behind a vehicle that's on the other side of the hill that you can it's it simulates real life effectively i've i've found it inside of the article halo infinite will be the first halo title to support the virtual surround sound technologies dolby atmos windows sonic and dts headphones that's, it. X. that's yeah. it, this this is these huge. these technologies allow us to make to make you feel like they're playing from behind you above you when you're only wearing stereo headphones so you don't yeah. need to be sitting in some crazy yeah, audio like set up or like have five million dollar headphones to feel like you're actually submerged yeah in the game. like like you, you hear like when they when you buy a sound system they go oh it's a 7.2 sounds surround sound systems like it, you don't need any of that you just need a pair of headphones it's it's yes. phenomenal it's really really good um but you can basically figure out the difference between whether something is spatial or non-spatial like i described earlier and it is it is so good so so good uh, I've, I've i'm really gone i'm i'm really curious as to how they're gonna make forerunner situations sound right because when well, i think they... when i think when i think of hope and believe i think of master chief doing something yeah but i'm curious when there isn't some sort of an encounter right you've you've just explored something for the first time you've just found this you know forerunner facility like what what is it gonna sound like going in is it gonna sound more kind of like technical sci-fi sort of I thing think, or is it going to sound like I think the hope it, and belief i do you know what i think it shouldn't sound like either because it's it's something that's been dead for a long time if you know what i mean like it's just it been a bad foreign almost it yes then there was a i'm trying to find it in the article wasn't there a video that they released they put like a spatial ambience of yeah forerun right i'll tell you what they we'll do, do have one i'm gonna find it. it and we will put it in the podcast right here i'll put in like 15 seconds of it and you can listen to it
So in listening to that, the two words for me that come to mind is dormant and alien. Those are the two words that I okay. that I can pull from it. Dormant I, being because like there's nothing there, yeah. and then alien be, being it, it, not alien in the sense of like UFO, but alien in the sense of like the unknown, something completely like the different. actual definition of alien, which is yes, something unknown. Yes, the actual definition of alien, not not you know not a creepy guy piece. from space. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. What, so do you, what do you get from that? The way I feel, like so, listening to that piece, I've there was there was two things that came to mind. The first was broken down because I don't know if you could hear in that there was some kind of uh, like a crackling noise where you could hear that there were wires failing or something's not quite working right in the background. Yeah. So broken down is a good word. Though I had yeah. that thought as well, but I didn't know what word to use. It just probably like, like maybe not broken down, but something along the lines of you know someone's not maintained it. It's just been left to kind of do its own thing. So, like, abandoned. Dormant? Yeah, dormant, dormant, <laughs> abandoned. Not so much dormant. The thing, the reason I don't say dormant is because when you hear the room, the noise that reflects from it makes me think of very wide, cavernous rooms. So, the dormancy of it, it's yes, it's dormant, like no one's there, but also the tiniest tiniest noise even a footstep gets reverberated around the room so much that it builds up into this crescendo of noise that isn't really anything it's just almost almost filling abandoned the space. yeah like ab like abandoned or empty yeah very much empty like it's like if you walk into it you know you're alone there's no one else in that room like nothing's mm -hmm. working no one else has set foot in here in hundreds of years maybe thousands or you know hundreds of thousands of years it's just not it's not been encountered if you see what i mean no one's really experienced yeah. that room or that interior and so i feel like the first thing i think of because when i listened to it i closed my eyes the first thing i wanted to do in my mind was look up that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, I need to look up and I need to see the ceiling. Because to me, in my head, it was like, this room is huge based on that noise. And like, that was the first instinct was, I need to see the ceiling. That's what hit me. Yeah, no, I, I like I like the way that you describe that. Like, that's, that's what comes to mind when I hear that noise. Like, you hear it, there's like this weird kind of metallic groaning noise in the background. And it builds because something goes off, like one of those sparks goes off. And then it reverberates around the room and it builds up into this giant noise that isn't really anything but it's something it's it's weird to describe it's it is that alien thing that you said where it's like yeah. you, you don't know what it is but it's not it's not a person or a being it's just that you can't figure out what the noise actually is and it, it that's what makes it foreboding it's very creepy yeah, and I, I like that. I, I hope that there's more of that feeling. Not not the feeling of, like, scared or worried because you know the flood is coming, but just that feeling of, like... Oh, are you going, are you going the, down that line of saying the flood is coming? No, 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 I'm not. I'm using that as an example because you oh, knew okay. when the flood was coming because of, like, your high-pitched piano keys and whatever synths that they used and the sound would creep up ah, and then you'd see, go around one of the corners and then, there's, bam, there's all the flood there. Yeah, but you see, that's I'm, the difference, though, is that in the in the previous games, let's let's go back to the classic, right, CE, you knew when the flood was coming because the music would tell you. With Infinite, I get the feeling that they're trying to tell us things are going to happen by the ambient noise that we hear, whether that's animals in the, in the outside sections or interiors might be, you know, hearing the footsteps of people coming or walking around the rooms or whatever it is and it's less about 
um, guiding you on the journey and letting you kind of find it yourself type thing because the music guides you in Halo CE when you hear you know combat music you're like okay I'm fighting Flood or I'm fighting uh, yeah. Covenant or whatever it is but with 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 Infinite I get the feeling that it's going to be less yeah of course there's going to be set pieces where you have the music but in general it will be I'm listening out for certain key things that tell me where I am and what I'm doing and if I hear something like that Forerunner interior noise I would have no clue what it is yeah and i think that's going to add to pushing people to do exploration because you're not just going to walk in somewhere and yeah. it's going to be you know all you hear is just like white noise and then the couple of sounds of like water falling from somewhere or the odd spark because something's crackling and you're not going to walk in there and be like nope you're going to want to explore it you're going to want to know why it's so quiet you're going to want to understand why it's dormant yeah. why it's not up and running why there's no lights it's going to force people to make decisions i'm really excited for that yeah no absolutely i i can totally see that infinite has just the slightest touch of like a horror film um based on it because we are on zeta halo this is known knowledge this is where um if you've not read the books and we're going to be talking about this later but um if you've not read the books uh the whole of the forerunner trilogy of books um, starts and and ends all around Zeta Halo basically where they have things like the House of Pain uh, sorry the Palace of Pain um, and uh, that just the, all the torturing that was done in order to figure things out on that they used they used both flood infected and non infected humans to try and guide Zeta Halo from its own destruction which was crazy because they actually linked flood units to humans if you haven't read the books it's it's easily worth a read they're, they're a little difficult to follow but they are worth the effort um but zeta halo has a huge history around it and if you've read the books it's only going to heighten your anxiousness when you're playing because you will have no idea what's coming but you will know what came before and that that comment is something that we're going to go over inside of our main topic itself i'm just writing myself yeah. a mental note right now because <laughs> it's i feel like it's really worth talking about for the non halo everything people just the people yeah. that enjoy the games for what they are yeah uh the last the last thing we can mention is that the three composers for infinite they released a couple of uh tracks way back whenever when they talked about multiplayer a little bit um, on spotify in the article itself you can click on the link it'll take you to spotify or apple music amazon music wherever you listen to your music and there's three tracks produced by the composers if you want to get a feel for what each of the composers is going to be putting out for different aspects of the game highly suggest you take a look at them or listen to them I should say uh, without further ado let us move on to our main topic of talking about the books and the films how some of them tie into the games itself and our likes and our dislikes all right before we do that actually leaky let's discuss point of light the new book from kelly gay all right this is for those of you who haven't read it this is the latest in the ace of spades saga the forge series um so this follows the daughter of sergeant forge from uh, the halo wars games um, it's it's a, a brilliantly well done tie-in without having to make a Halo novel that is composed of Covenant and Spartans and uh, and the Flood and everything else. They 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 put all that to one side and they just take you through a story that is based in the Halo universe. Um, I think about as close as you get to coming to anything specifically Halo is well Halo, <laughs> the the Ring. Without without giving away any spoilers. Yeah. 
I guess I, I guess it's not really a spoiler because I feel like he's a prominent character in the books. Would yeah. be tying in three four three guilty spark. Yeah, I mean it's on the back cover of the book, so. Yeah, yeah, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't read it, but I actually signed up for Audible and I listened to it. Now, Tim Dadabo, the voice actor for three four three guilty spark, is the one who reads Point of Light, and I thought he did a fantastic job. It's awesome because any of the times that he's speaking as guilty spark he does his guilty spark do they voice. give him do they give him the metallic voice of guilty spark when he does that not bit? metallic and not edited like it is inside of the game yeah. where it sounds like it's coming out and it's robotic but yeah. he still uses that voice that then gets filters applied <laughs> that's to cool it. it's like that. on, honestly it's 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 wild how good it sounds and even like the other characters that he has to speak for like you know which character is which once he speaks them once or twice and you know oh i know that this is x person talking i don't want to give any spoilers so people are x y and z for now but you know when x person is talking or you know when captain's talking or you know when so and so is talking he, he does he does a really really good job and i i was really happy that we got to listen to it yeah no absolutely um I, it's very well known from people who know me that I think the the Forge series of novels is my favourite series. I think I arguably the best Halo novels ever written, um, just because they don't shove the the tropes of Halo in your face. Um, I feel like it's a very a believable story that could happen within this setting, within the universe type thing. Um, but the book ties in very very strongly with what either and we're not quite sure either has happened or will happen in halo infinite i'm i'm not sure on this we discussed this before we started recording i couldn't find when i was reading the chapters i wasn't given dates so i, I don't know unless there's something i've missed in the book which i might have i'll be honest um because i try i to think i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go back to the beginning to see if i can get any firm dates because i know that there were a lot of dates in renegades because yeah, I just finished Renegades, to Renegades as well. Like, Renegades, I, I think the last date was 2557 as right. a year. So we're only a couple of years out from where Inf Infinite happens 2560, doesn't it? So we know yes. that. So we're only a couple of years out from, from Infinite itself. So we don't know whether this has happened before or after the the game, so to speak. Okay, so, so, so my thought, this is my thinking, is that a person... This is just my, my hypothetical is that infinite happens after point of light because at the end of point of light, something critical happens. Yeah. Let's well, without giving away spoilers, the no one's together at the end of the book. It leaves it very open to do they find each other or, you do know, you is feel, there going to be a continuation in the saga? Do you feel that we might see people from the book yes. in the game? 100%. 100%. And I... I could tell you exactly who it is too, and I don't want to get. I don't. I, I, I think name's I know. Name. I, I think I know where you're going you with this. I do think I know. Brother, where you're sister, going with. brother, sister, brother, sister, or solo? Solo. See, I think it's brother, sister. Do you reckon? Yeah. I don't know. It. This is going to sound or, very or, silly to those of you who are listening and haven't read the novel or don't quite follow. Or the... maybe solo because the time lapse where I think things happen is that twenty five fifty eight is the end of point of light and that gives two years for person solo 
to find and marry somebody and then they have a child. I yeah. I because wonder. in the infinite trailer, this isn't a spoiler, in the infinite trailer it shows a family. our unnamed pilot. Yep. yep. Having a family, his yep. little data that's, pad pops up, and that's it's, what yeah. I. That's why I think that because I don't think the brother sister one would do that. I don't think they would go down that line. They True. don't. They don't strike. They're still very young. I mean, in the books, the brother and sister combo are around the kind of 18, 19 years old age. They've just yeah. become an adult. So, the 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 other guy makes more sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that 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 does make sense to me too. Um, but yeah, uh, it'd be interesting because because of the experience that said person would have had with Zeta Halo, he would already know of certain things. Yeah, right. Which when he says you want to go down there, yeah, right, it makes me think that he's already been down there at some point. Yeah, he's he like, has oh, a reason no, to be there. We know what's down there. Yeah. The only other thing that I think gives it away, and you would only know this if you listen to the book, is the way that his voice is acted because they sound extremely familiar. They sound very, very similar in the okay. book and then in the trailer. Okay, because I don't, I haven't, so for those of you listening, I, so Leaky listened to the audiobook and I read the actual book. So I designed my own accents for people based on what the book explains to me. I didn't actually hear the accents. So I see things slightly differently from how Leaky might have found things because leaky was very much guided through the story i was kind yes. of i was i was picking up the breadcrumb trail as i went along type thing so just... one thing i didn't like about renegades was that renegades had a completely different reader there's a female that was reading it and I there was think... no well because it wasn't think... too much different renegades was never they didn't think that the series would be as popular as it is so if Fair they enough. had known, they Fair probably enough. would have brought Dadabo on to do both of them. For sure, that makes sense because a lot of the a lot of the voice acting it, it does sound completely different, and I feel like male female could still sound the same as long as the accent itself was there. Yeah, and it is completely different from one person to the next in reading it. Yeah, I did also like Renegades because I did just finish listening to Renegades. I'm reading the books in reverse order, but everything that's happened in now two and three it all makes sense why it all happened yeah. it's but uh, in speaking to in speaking to the whole uh ace of spades saga kelly gay does a fantastic job of leaving the spartan aspect out of it and the only way that you know it's a halo novel is only because of the because well, they talk about of, <laughs> yes the oni and the the oni and the unsc and, yeah. and whatnot and like the galactic space as a whole right yeah that's the only way that you know it's a, a Halo I mean, novel. I, I don't think this is a spoiler now because Renegades has been out for a while, but even in Renegades, the Ace of Spades crew ends up in a fight with Oni, and it turns out that even when they're they're in the fight in, in this public sort of marketplace, they are uh, engaged by these two or three... Um, and in the book, they're just described as big, fast people. Like they, <laughs> they don't even say the word. They're like, oh no. They um, do. They do say. She does. They, does she does mention say the it? word. I can't remember. It's been yeah, a while. she does mention the word that. Oh no, she thinks Ryan, they might be. Yeah, Ryan knew that they were Spartan yeah, just because like of their mannerisms and how this guy is seven feet tall. Yeah, and but just it's a not. Unit child. But the way the way they're presented is, it's not like these super soldiers in armor that walk around and are hugely intimidating and imposing they're just dressed like no. normal people 
it's and not it's not like in in like the fall of reach or even in first contact or any of the ones where they're talking specifically about the spartan program how they explain the armor or explain augmentation yeah, none and of the that. way that the kids look and whatnot there's none of that it's just they're huge they stand out they're all black they look like soldiers when those aren't regular soldiers when i first read that because i'm very much a book person when i first read that section my first thought was these are oni um like the the best Hunt, oni head agents hunters. yeah headhunters the best oni agents that they can throw at you so they've been trained in these amazing martial arts and they can deal with any situation it was only when they said oh these look like the, the the way they're walking they look like spartans i'm like oh okay they used spartans in a different way it's not how you would normally see spartans in in the field um they come across more as like secret agents or whatever you have which is quite cool to see and they're not walking around with you know weapons in their hands and armor on and everything else they're dressed like normal people just trying to blend in which i thought was awesome i i I 100% agree, and I think I'm gonna try and get the first book too. I've actually I've really enjoyed doing the audiobooks because I don't have as much time on my hands during the days yeah. to actually physically read. But the ability to drive around during work and instead of throwing on a podcast, it's I'm throwing on the book and I'm listening. I'm engaged. I think it's the first the first one in the series was it was not a full novel. It's called Smoke and Shadow, and it's just kind of the intro to the Ace of Spades um, and what why why the crew are doing what they're doing which is obviously looking for for um the oh my god uh, the spirit of fire which is the the, the ship that uh, forge's uh father was on and um it got lost basically during a fight with the covenant um and uh yeah it's it's such a good setup and the, the last two novels have been absolutely amazing and i do wonder if they're going to treat a third book in the series because normally they do trilogies so there's there's a whole thing with halo where they tend to do trilogies of books um and they they tend to focus on bringing the story to completion in three books i don't know if they're going to put smoke and shadow in as one of those books because it is a novella which is about forty thousand words rather than like a whole hundred thousand that you see in a normal novel um we'll wait and see i guess okay so let's uh, point of light fantastic highly 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 suggest easily i would strong strong 10 if not a definite nine out of ten um it's close it's about as close to a perfect halo book as i would ever want to be honest and if you don't want that you can pay for an audible subscription which i think ties in with you have an amazon prime account i don't think it ends up being too much more they do just yeah they give you a discount and you get like two free books but i didn't find success doing it on my actual phone itself i had to go into the amazon store through audible to get two books for free and that was those were the two ones that i took so if you don't want to buy the book to read it do it for audible 10 out of 10 recommend so let's move into the books and movies as a whole and we're not necessarily going to go over all of them but i think bringing to light the way that the novels were written and then the way that some of the games played out campaign wise i think there's personally i think there's a huge disconnect that so the way the way i've 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 got pretty much every book that can uh, not in terms of the law books and stuff like that i'm just talking about the novels and stories the way i categorize my books are three sections i do bungee era so reach etc like the the original books the original game books that kind of stuff then i do the halo 5 era 
and then I do Halo Infinite era. The reason I do those in such a broad term with the Bungie era is because I feel that with the Bungie era, it was very much they weren't sure what they were trying to achieve. They would just knew that they wanted to get something into a written text and get it out there so that people who maybe were into sci-fi but didn't know Halo could have something to pick up on. Over time, I felt that it started to evolve into trying to create stories that added more to the universe, which is perfect. I, I thought that was spot on. Um, as it got to the Halo 5 era, what I started to find was if I didn't read the books, I didn't know what was going on in the game. And that was, I think, the main reason why Halo 5, not failed, but I think the, 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 the execution of the game failed because of you needed to know extra things outside of the game. Um, like you yeah know, and that like, was that was kind of the thing that I took from it so I've pulled up on Halopedia the novels in the order that they should be read yeah. um, and each title goes over a bit of a summary so in looking at the first three or four of the books you know it talks a little bit about you know the details of the Spartan 2 program you know yeah uh, the flood was a complete novelization of combat evolved and there's was, a couple of extra events that it expands on. I'll tell you now, that was that was painful to read, by the way. It, it was it, because when it, I, it when literally I, just oh, I didn't. I liked it because it was nice that everything was explained and whatnot, and it was yeah, written, but, but it, it was the really combat just felt like someone because yeah, like someone were, written, someone wrote out Halo what they CD. were doing. Yeah, they, it's like yes. they were they were explaining in the book what they were doing in the game. So it was like the bits, like for example, when you first encounter the flood in the game iconic moment absolutely changes the, the 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 way the game plays in the book it's like the flood attacked me then i did this and i reloaded my gun then i went here and then the flood attacked me again and then i did this and then i got my gun ready and it's it i was just by the end of it i was like oh my god when is this gonna end you know you like, don't get the same eerie feeling as you are no. when you walk around is it the library mission i believe no it's the mission where they um you land to find out what happened to um to keys to keys and, and it, it's, yeah it's like a giant labyrinth that it feels like you have to walk to and then in the game you know your flashlight dies and it's dark and you have to let it recharge and that yeah fear of the unknown is just gripping but in the book it's like went here did this keys was an alien killed him gone yeah it's it, it just it kind of rushes through basically because they spend so long trying to explain how big the fights are that they forget about actually telling you a story and that's yeah mm -hmm. the, the first few books were a bit of a uh, a slog i'll be honest so yeah for <laughs> sure but but like going forward and like listening to or looking at the other books some of them yes they do a good job of filling holes but it, like nothing was ever like put out there like, I never felt like, you know, Halo 3's coming up, you know, before you're waiting for Halo 3, we highly recommend you go and read this book, you know, as so, it would be to be like a prologue for Halo 3. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Never, it was advertised any of it. I mean, I haven't, I don't follow books, like paper books, as much as I wish that I did. I wish I would have read more as a kid, but I never found anything interesting. I but mean the the main the main problem I had. If it's something that gets put out, right? If it's something that gets put out with a commercial, with some kind of a trailer, with some kind of advertisement for a game, that gets you interested. Yeah. 
Halo 2 getting released on November X whatever day, you know, and be sure to check out Halo Contact Harvest. Like, now you under oh oh okay I'm gonna go get the book because I want I want to know what the book's gonna go like I want to read about the book. Yeah. I want the book to try and tie into this. I know, you know, I think Contact Harvest was a terrible example. It was just the first one that came up on my screen <laughs> that I read. So weirdly, in the categorization that I mentioned earlier, you know, I said about the Halo Five era of books. That actually starts just after Halo 4 is released. Because if you right. look at the dates of when the books are released, they do this whole sequence of from 2001, when they release The Fall of Reach, all the way through to about, I think it's 2008, 2009. They release the 2008. Cold... 2008, the Cole Protocol. They start, they start to introduce this really cool idea of another team that's out there. Uh, which is where you introduce the grey team. And then they stop. They just go, right, we're going to go dead silent. And this is when Halo 4 comes in, all right? So a few years later, you get Halo 4 coming in, and this is when the new era starts for me. They release Broken Circle, which is a totally uh, weird shift for them because it's a story told from the perspective of the um, the, the elites and the, um, uh, the prophets. Um, during the beginnings of the Covenant. So what they're trying to do is rather than talk about what's happening, they're talking about what's happened and they're trying to fill in the gaps going back. And I think at this point, they had this noble intention of trying to give more to the lore of Halo without needing for you to know about the lore of Halo in order to play the games. And it was going well until they started to bring in um, the... The, the actual Halo 5 itself because when Halo 5 came in the problem they had was the um, the launch of Halo 5 I think was 2015 um, but the problem with a lot of it was that they tried to explain in the books alone where some of the characters from Halo 5 came from um, so like uh, what was the lady's name in Hunt there's a book called Hunters in the Dark um, and they end up going back to stop. What you don't know is that Hunters in the Dark is the novel where the humans and the sang and like the, the elites join up to go back to the Ark after Halo 3 to stop it from firing. And it's like, where was this in the game? No one talked about this between Halo 3 yeah. to Halo 5. It's a huge event where the galaxy almost died a second time. No one's talked about it. It's just in a book. And it's like... Jesus, what? Like, this is quickly, massive. Yeah, go on. Quickly, does that does that novel technically sit between two and three? Um, it's when uh, no, because they go back to the arc. the The Halo Two hasn't properly so then between got three and four. Three and, no. Yeah, maybe three and four, or it's certainly between three and five. Um, yeah. But at least three because and like four. That, that whole, but that, but the whole human, the whole human Sanghili, I yeah. guess, call it connection. The elite is completely, is completely thrown out in the water because you get found in Halo 3 and the first thing you do is shove your gun under Arby's chin. Yeah. And there is nothing, unless you've read the books, yeah. nothing explaining why that is now the norm. Yeah, and then it happens again in Halo 4 because when you start Halo 4, what's the first enemy that you fight? A Covenant who comes at you with an energy sword and you're like oh I thought we I thought we're friends with the Covenant well you know they yeah. don't even they just gloss over the whole thing of like well the yeah. Covenant's reformed and it's got maybe it's not as strong as it was but there's something there you know and it's just I feel like at this era in the, the series of books it was like 
if you didn't read the books and then you played the games, you were like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> why Why is this happening? I was told that we were friends with the, uh, the, the elites in Halo 3, you know, and then all of a sudden one's coming at me. Like, why? And if you don't read yeah, the books, no, you're left just wondering... What what did I miss? You know, like, it's complete. It's completely. It's completely just gone from. Yeah. The the game saga, right? It just it feels like it's something that was completely, like you said, glossed over. And even in five, when you start up playing as Spartan Locke. Yeah. And like the whole way that they designed it to almost make Master Chief look out like the enemy and whatnot. Like I I understand why they do it, yeah. from a marketing point of view, because it's like well. Chief's a bad guy now. Obviously, we got to figure that out. But if you don't have that cognizant thought of thinking, like, well, there's got to be something somewhere explaining why Chief is so bad. And now obviously, we're going to understand that in the game. But, like, where's this other fire team come from? Because in different trailers, you see either Locke or Chief himself as the quote unquote victor of the fight between the two of them. But it's like, right. like okay, unless, so unless you read the books, you don't know who Locke is. No, you don't absolutely. know where he's come from. But it's not even about the books because Locke isn't really talked about in the books. All right, he's talked about in um, what's that TV series that they did? Nightfall, Halo Nightfall. Nightfall. Right, yep. that's his origin story. Okay, so if you haven't watched Nightfall, you have no idea about why Locke is this amazing headhunter of Spartans. All right. Um, but if you watch the series, you get it because he's dedicated to the UNSC. He would do anything to defend humanity. All right? It sets him up brilliantly as a character who will do whatever it takes to get the job done. And that's exactly how he's portrayed in the game. But if you don't watch Nightfall, you have no clue of this. And you just see him as the goody two-shoes who just wants to brown nose his way up through the ranks. All right, That's how he comes across. And then, for example... Um, Olympia Vale, she's another character within Fireteam Osiris that Locke leads. No one is aware, unless you've read Hunters in the Dark, that Olympia Vale is an expert in Sangheili culture and language, and she actually serves as a liaison between the elites and humanity. No one knows this, because the book is kind of glossed over, and this the book is actually how she becomes a Spartan. But because it's in the book... Again, in Halo 5, you just all of a sudden shown like, oh, look, here's a woman called Olympia Vale who happens to be in the best fire team in the world, according to all the Spartan 4s around. And so, you know, the, the fire team Osiris is revered because it's got all these people who've come in from different areas. The only character in fire team Osiris that has a background set in the games is Buck because he came from ODST. Like, and that's why everyone was like, oh, I hate Fireteam Osiris, but I like Buck. Everyone says that because you can relate yeah. to Buck because you, you've experienced it alongside that character. You know what even, he went even, through. Even in New Blood, right? New Blood explores the story of Buck. Yeah. Right? There's, there's, there's a lot more to it. And I wish that there, there was more talking about how they came to or how they were found. Right, even in doing the Halo Four, oh God, what are they called? The Fire Team missions. Oh yeah, Spartan Ops. I think that yes, Spartan Ops. Sorry, um, in doing those and then watching your, like, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Right, the cutscenes. Sorry. Yeah. That tells a whole story. Yes. A whole story. Yeah, very much. So. Of, of, the Spartans themselves, 
of Dr. Halsey, right? That uh, you could see that and you could be like, oh, whatever. It's just a continuation kind of thing of the campaign. Like there's a couple of things to do, whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. Like if you don't go and do those, you miss practically an entire new another game. Yeah, because then you move on and you're you like, really where do. did that happen? It's like, well, actually, they explained it over there. You know, that kind of no, thing. No, and and in, and in watching that, like you you get a feeling that like some of the some of the Spartans hate Halsey. Some of the Spartans revere Halsey. Some of them still don't understand. Like, like some of them join up because you know Master Chief. Yeah, they absolutely. See this poster boy for the UNSC, and they're like, well, that's what I want to be, without understanding what happened to him. He was never this quote-unquote poster child because he wanted to be a Spartan. He was made a Spartan. Yeah. Not as, and at some points, not at his own will. Yeah. I think he gets to the point where he just kind of accepts his fate and then decides that he's going to be the best that he can be. Yeah, but effectively, that's what happens. What about the movies? Have you watched the movies or the TV series like uh, uh, like Legends, Le Legends or Nightfall oh, yeah. or Forward Into no, Dawn? I've seen all of them. I've seen all of them. Thoughts? I I actually really liked Forward Into Dawn because it talks about Lasky. Yeah, and it kind I mean, of brings him to light. Uh, but again, I really like that one. But again, it's uh, so I'm okay with Forward Unto Dawn because when when you're introduced to Lasky in Halo 4, you're very much given the idea that he's not the best he can be. He's not the best commander. He's not. Um, he doesn't get everything right. Um, he has problems. Um, you know, he has his own doubts and so on. He's not just this kind of. Um, I'm a UNSC through and through, and I'm going to do everything it takes to survive. Type person. No, he. You get you get the sense that he has some kind of morals, right? Yes, Throughout the exactly. entirety of the Halo Four campaign, exactly. And everything that happens with Lasky, you get the sense that like he has a little bit of humanity left in him, and he doesn't have a problem in questioning his orders if they don't yes, kind of absolutely. fall in line and with something is, that's And this is why do. this. The reason that's important is because you can get a sense of who Lasky is without watching Forward Unto Dawn, all right? If, yes. you, if, then, yeah. if you watch Forward Unto Dawn, you gain an even greater understanding, but you're never disconnected from Lasky just because you haven't watched it, and that's why Halo 5 had a problem. Because with Halo 4, the story of Lasky is that he's an up-and-coming commander who's under the, the auspices of a, a current commander who has a few issues against Spartans in general, doesn't see them as the the greatest thing ever type thing and has a a, a a chip on his shoulder regarding the whole spartan program all right and then later on down the line you actually find out that in halo 4 you got andrew del rio who is the current captain and then gets replaced by lasky ends up becoming a senator and then at, like this is what rolls into halo 5 now Andrew Del Rio in the end of Halo 4 is like, oh no, you know, the Office of Naval Intelligence didn't like what Del Rio was doing, so they took him off of the Forward Unto Dawn and uh, and they put on, uh, sorry, not the Forward Unto Dawn, the Infinity, and they gave the Infinity to Lasky. Great, no problem there. But then Del Rio just disappears, and it's like, right, so between 4 and 5, it's just Lasky, right? So Lasky's taken over. What's happened to Del Rio? This is the disconnect the other way. So there's a disconnect coming in for Halo 5 where Fighting Osiris is like, who are these people who think they're God's gift to Spartans? And then, <laughs> and then you've got the other way is like, Andrew Del Rio was a really cool guy who, because of the way he... Was he though? Yes, but he was. Because all he wanted he to do... Friend. 
but why because because he didn't because he wanted to follow orders like do you see what i'm saying is like they he just wanted to follow and do his best because he's been given think about it you've just been given the keys to the flagship of the unsc that means by its very definition you as a commander have a ton of experience then this upstart spartan comes along who's been asleep for four plus years who tells you how you should be doing things that's going to rile anyone up all right so this is a this is a spartan yes he's rightly so he's revered the master chief is revered however andrew del rio has the keys to the flagship and has a ton of experience in combat all right he's not just appeared like uh Locke has and then just gone right i'm gonna i'm gonna take over the, the 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 situation and deal with it myself del rio has been in fights all the way through the covenant war he's been on ships all the way through and has earned his post then he gets removed all right because the unsc didn't like what he did fair enough and lasky gets promoted i understand why you do that because you're developing the characters great but if you didn't read but the books between or if you didn't look into the law between Halo 4 and Halo 5, you would actually find out that after Del Rio was removed from the UNSC, he became a senator. And the story regarding Hunt the Truth, which is the ad campaign that was designed for Halo 5, actually involves Del Rio. And it's a really cool story, but no mention of it is made in Halo 5. And it's a real shame and this is that whole disconnect that happened where if you follow the story outside of the games around the halo 5 era halo 5 becomes suddenly this very very cool but very short little story inside the universe because halo mm -hmm. 5 itself is a tiny tiny story all right with no real ramifications there aren't any real ramifications because regardless of whether chief would have gone after cortana or didn't cortana would have still started the created all right so halo 5 as a story has no real influence or consequence on the law all right she was gonna be the leader of the created regardless of whether john found her or not so this is the problem it's weak storytelling from halo 5 and also the fact that all the cool stuff happens before and after halo 5 in the books in the ad campaign in whatever you want but this is this is why halo 5 had such a disconnect with the players why no one liked fireteam osiris apart from buck um why people felt that the master chief was wronged because in the game like you said the uh oni the unsc they want to make master chief out to be the bad guy but they just tell you that in the game they don't say oh you know in the game they just go right the chief's gone a wall send osiris after him great fair enough there's nothing to, for me to really believe that i'm invested in that but if you mm -hmm. if you um listen to the hunt the truth audio series which in my opinion is one of the best stories ever told um in halo lore that's just through youtube no yeah i mean you can find them on youtube as well and i've actually yeah. one, one of my latest youtube videos discusses part of that law um regarding the midnight facility which is something else that comes into it but um fantastic yeah good, good it's, job. But, i thought that was really good yeah it's uh so the 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 guy that's involved finds information that shows oni trying to frame the master chief and then he disproves that and it involves andrew del rio 
from the infinity of halo 4 and he's involved in it as well and they basically explain that something happened during the acts between halo 4 and halo 5 that only the master chief was aware of and he tried to stop but it didn't quite work out oni then tried to spin it rather than try to find out the truth and that's where halo 5 kicks in and that's the whole principle of the ad campaign of hunt the truth they never followed up on that in the game and that's why there's a massive like chasm wide disconnect between the people playing the game and the people in the game and that's why halo yeah. 5 failed in my opinion because they just didn't connect the dots no and that's it's it's really a shame for such an immersive and expansive universe yeah right you would you would almost think that any of the stuff that gets put out that's written either is put out as a complete prequel to something right yeah you know you talk about the spartan 2 program and how it all started and halsey and her younger days and the way that it was all developed cool that's something that you can read outside of halo ce and then you just you get a better understanding of why the spartans feel like they're gods in the game yeah right or you can talk about the odsts outside of the game and their you know their jobs and how they came to be and so on and so forth and then you play the game and the game just feels like the game where you didn't need to read the book but if you read the book you just it, things just kind of tied in a little bit together there was never there was never this total disconnect of something happens in the game because of something that happened in the book two years prior and because yeah. you didn't read the book you don't understand or you can't grasp why this happens all that all that happens is something happens yeah and i'm i'm the, so you want to the say thought something? that i had the, the thought that i have and the worry that i have and this is what you brought up earlier in the in the podcast was the other books mentioning zeta halo mm -hmm. if you haven't touched on those i feel like there's going to be this huge disconnect for when infinite comes out and it and it worries me Do you know i don't i don't think that's going to be a problem if i'm very honest because it's it depends entirely on how the storytelling is done in halo infinite because as it stands right now yes we're getting a lot of lore and a lot of background regarding um what happened after halo 5 how halo infinite's going to kind of head towards the goal of explaining that like the whole it's not just like point of light and renegades we're talking about um you know the books uh the master chief saga where they're talking regarding um shadows of reach so they go back to reach in shadows of reach that was the novel that came out last year yep. um so it takes place like a year after the events of halo 5 and blue team end up returning to reach to recover an asset for dr halsey clearly to deal with the, the, the Cortana problem that's happening across the galaxy at the moment and they effectively say that this could actually be you know humanity's last chance against Cortana so that sets up you know they go back to Reach they find Castle Base and they deal with everything that happened during the game of Reach so it simultaneously fills in some things that happened during Reach or around Reach the game and also explains why they're going back and why it's so important to go back in order to deal with Halo Infinite as well. So but and I just I just hope that I just hope that within the game, you know, something like this is explained. Where if whatever they had to get was you know, for instance, and so you're for, saying like you're saying like if if they whatever they got from from Reach, um, if it's in yeah. the game, they explain that they went and got it from Reach, just in yes. case someone didn't read the book. 
right? Like to say like, oh, this thing was lost, yes. right? It was lost, lost in transportation, or the banished have taken it. Yeah, you know. I know what and you're she saying. Figures out like, well, okay, well, like, why do we need this? What's so important to it? It's like, well, well, you were floating around in space, getting picked up like a, you know, person hailing a taxi cab. Yeah. Your blue team actually went back to Reach and they recovered this for me, and this would maybe be like a side story, whatever that Halsey tells. Well, and I she mean, explains what they did in very, very short form. They went back. Yeah. They dealt with this. They got this. They brought it here, and then the banished have taken it, kind of thing. And yeah, it's important and it's, because it'll do X to Cortana. Well, it's. I think it is going to be important because Shadows of Reach actually has the, um, actually has Blue Team fighting the Banished, and um, part of Shadows of Reach. Um, and again, I don't think this is spoiler because it's been out for a long, long time now. Is that the Banished are searching for a portal to get back to what happened in Halo Wars Two, which is that. Um, uh, the uh, the banished that were left in Halo Wars 2 found the Ark Installation 00 and uh, there is a portal from Reach to the Ark and they're trying to get their reinforcements from Reach to the Ark because they don't know where the Ark is they can't they can't back up Atriox and Atriox is currently around the Ark somewhere and that's they're trying to create that link and that's I think I can feel that there's going to be I don't think that's going to be part of the story initially with Re um, with Infinite. I think this could be... They've talked about Halo Infinite being called Infinite because they're going to be releasing constant content updates and kind of progressing the story. I feel at some point the arc is going to come back into play and we're going to see the Banished reunited with their reinforcements. I also believe that the UNSC is going to be involved in reinforcing Zeta Halo as well and there's going to be this giant war on this ring that's how I feel the story is going to go I I hope I hope that it's not like I hope we get a fully released campaign where there's a start middle and an end oh, to there everything will be. that happens and maybe they throw in kind of the same thing like they did with the Spartan Ops I where think it's no extra, no what, what I can see and it it ties everything together. I don't think that will work. What I can see happening personally is that you'll have a campaign, you'll do the campaign, and then they'll release the ring as the kind of sandbox. And within that sandbox, you get more and more campaigns. Things that unlock once you complete the first campaign, then become the next level. Or you, you watch the next film, so to speak, like a sequel to Halo Infinite, whatever that okay. current content is. So the ring itself becomes the kind of playground that all the campaigns happen in, and that's kind of how the story progresses. the The ring will evolve as time goes on, as you know, humanity gets back involved, and then the banished reappear again, and then you know, Atriox might turn up from Halo Wars Two. Please God, because Atriox would be one of the best fights ever. Um, if you haven't seen the cutscenes in Halo Wars Two, Atriox destroys. A fire team of Spartans, like they—they, they, it's like a freight train it's running into. It's intimidating. It's intimidating. Yeah, the spot you can see that there's genuine. It's the first time you you ever see fear in a Spartan's face, and they're not even showing the faces on some of them. You can see in the body language that the Spartans know they are outmatched, and it's one guy. It's crazy good. It's really really good. So if the, if Atriox ends up in Halo Infinite somehow. It's going to be legendary. It really is. 
Um, nice. But yeah, going back to the whole idea of the books, I think what they're trying to do now in the kind of infinite era is to not only fill in the gaps along the way, but they're trying to kind of move away from the idea of just focusing on the Spartans and, and that. Because most of the other books have always been something to do with a Spartan. And that's why, that's why I think, going back to Point of Light, what we discussed earlier, I think Point of Light takes that new line and goes with it very well because halo should be about more than just super soldiers and i think mm -hmm. that's that's where they're kind of pushing now with it because even the like you you had mentioned you had mentioned to me uh i think it was during the week last week that you felt like they're far more important characters yeah and there are far more important things inside of this halo universe than the spartans themselves like the people at oni and their i guess like their role in things and the people at the unsc and the ueg and just the entire universe as a whole heck even the the scavengers and like the clans and guilds yeah i feel like there's so much more to it than yeah, just absolutely two-ton super soldiers absolutely and importantly the next book to be released is halo divine wind which is an upcoming halo novel that's written by troy denning who is the guy who did shadows of reach okay he does the master chief series of of books um, it's set to be released on october 19th now this gives me a lot of consideration that they are trying to wrap up a a plot synopsis that's going to occur before the start of halo infinite whether that's you know um the 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 idea of the banished getting that portal on reach and then creating that connection to zeta halo or the arc and getting atriox involved because the front cover of divine wind has been released and it shows elites um and uh um uh brutes, brutes. humans um and in the background as well on one of it, I can't tell if it is or it isn't, but it looks very, very similar to how we've seen in the lore, not in the games. Again, this is a problem with the books. There has been discussion of the the prophets, the Sanshayum, having combat units, all right? They're called prelates or prelates. I can't remember what they were. The prelates, I think it is. They are hyper-aggressive, hyper-efficient combat units for the Sanshayum which went out of fashion after they created the covenant i'm i'm wondering if they're coming back because they look so much like them in that and it is if this is what's going to happen like this is this will blow my mind if this comes into the games because those units are easily capable of taking down a spark easily um so for for the book to be called divine wind makes me think of the religious um group the keepers of the one truth um which have got involved with the banished in shadows of reach so if they're doing this line this is going to be huge and this is going to be um setting this this book will set the scene for halo infinite like we've discussed, I hope that they don't make it so that you have to read the book in order to understand Infinite. I don't think they will, because they have the right people on board to make sure that it doesn't happen. But this is going to expand the lore like never before, if this is what I think it is. So, question for you. Would technically Shadows of Reach and then uh, Divine Wind be like yeah. a 1-2 thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's part of the same, the same series. 
this okay. is this is basically um, the sequel to Shadows of Reach. Um, okay. That's that, that's been confirmed. It's not part of the Master Chief story series, but Troy Denning wrote uh, the Master Chief story series, um, including Shadows of Reach, and this has been announced as a sequel to explain what happened after Shadows of Reach. Okay. I think so those will be the next two. This that is I kind of into. this is gonna be the story of how Chief gets to Zeta Halo, almost. That would be interesting. If that's how we figure out that he's all floaty boaty. The the only thing the only thing that I can the only thing we know about Divine Wind is that the words Divine Wind were um uh, it's a reference to what the Prophet of Mercy says in a quote in Halo 2 when he describes Installation 05 and how it's going to begin the Covenant's great journey. So he says that, you know, you were going to be swept away on a divine wind with Installation 05. And uh, that's the only reference that I can think of or certainly, you know, connect yeah, with the title of the book. So I'm wondering if this is going to be something regarding the great journey the idea of the covenant side because the keepers of the one truth are still around they still believe that the halo rings are the journey that they need to take um so with that in mind i'm wondering if someone's gonna try and fire something maybe maybe something gets fired yeah it's, it's what i'm, I'm curious to see i'm curious to see time time wise where it sits in it, like where the timeline sits in comparison to point of light well, this is the thing, is I'm not totally sure if Point of Light is before or after. Like, where does it sit? Is it before or after Divine Wind? Is it before or after Infinite? Because I can't remember seeing any dates in Point of Light, personally. Yeah, makes me curious. I think I'm going to go back and do some digging. I want to know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something to, to consider. It's, I'm really excited now with how the books are tying into the games, because the books now are offering more information without the need for the game without the need to have have read them before you play the games that's how i'm seeing halo infinite being developed like if you want to play just the game fine go ahead play the game you know get into multiplayer whatever you want to play but if you want to know more about the background there's a whole swathe of books out there that explain things all the way back to the original reach that are coming out now and you don't have to know them to understand the game but if you do know yeah. them the game becomes that much richer that's the way that i wish it would have felt in its entirety is that the game itself is the game itself and yeah. if you want to understand more about why certain things happened or the history of you can read the books and it's not going to affect the game itself or it's not going to affect it's not going to affect the understanding that you have of certain aspects of the yeah. game itself no absolutely but yeah i think that uh, i think that wraps it up nicely for the main topic then we've come all the way along all the way from the start right to the end i think I think so, yeah. I think that's been fantastic. So that about wraps up another episode with us. Uh, if you haven't already and you'd like to, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, any of the ones where you find your podcasts, you're going to find us. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback, uh, anchor.fm gives a cool little way to live feedback you can leave us a voice message for feedback which i think is fantastic or you can reach us on our social media handles twitter probably being the easiest one at the leaky valve or ultimate phalanx and if you are which you hopefully should be listening to a halo podcast playing the mcc please join us on wednesdays and thursdays 
for some Halo shenanigans at either of our Twitch channels. <laughs> Again, Ultimate Phalanx or the Leaky Valve. Things get weird 99.9% of the time. It is Very always so. a hoop. We don't, play, we don't play competitive games. Most of the games that we're playing are uh, in social, doing some big team battle stuff or the Fiesta things, Husky Raid, shout out. Uh, but yeah, anything you guys want to know, feel free to reach out to us on social media or drop by our Twitch channels when we are streaming. Thanks, Leaky. And uh, yeah, thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode. These things are going faster and faster, I swear to God. All right, so next week, you can expect our main feature to be a guest interview with a Halo speedrunner. Uh, this gentleman actually holds... How many records is it, Leaky? Is it three? Bonafide. Bonafide speedrunner, not yeah. just someone who enjoys not... playing the game. Yeah, we're He's not just talking. Bonafide. Yeah. He holds uh, world records. Two or three? I think it's two or three, but he holds world records in Reach specifically, Halo Reach. Um, the, the, it's insane. We got to hang out with him uh, uh, one day last week, and he ran us through the entirety of Halo Reach on Legendary in, what was it, like an hour 15 minutes or something like that? I think it was it an hour 45. Oh, we, he, oh. he, had, he had messaged us asking if... We wanted to get through the campaign in under three hours, and I think we both looked at our time clocks and said, yeah, sure, under three hours isn't too, too bad. And we rifled through it, and yeah, hour 45, and it was like... It was mad. Okay, we're doing this one last thing at the very end of it, so we're yeah. done. It's crazy, like, but we are... Yeah, we, so we are going to be interviewing this gentleman uh, on the next episode of the podcast, so make sure you do not miss it. It is going to be amazing. Um, but uh, until then... I guess uh, we'll sign off for now. Take care, stay safe, and uh, you know, go and go and give your parents a hug. Tell them you love them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll... honestly, though, no, 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 no. Let's, uh, we're at the end, but don't dust over that. Do go and give someone you yeah. love a hug. Times have been trying as of late. That's if you true. can't send someone true. a hug because of COVID protocol and restrictions, give them a phone call. Don't don't just send them a text. Give yeah. them a phone call. Send someone a FaceTime. Send someone a Zoom link. Tell someone that you love them. Yeah. Make sure everybody feels like they're still remembered. Yeah, absolutely. It sucks. You know, and send us a message on anchor.fm as well because uh, we, we yeah, want we like some love as well. Too. You know, it's, <laughs> I get lonely sometimes. All right. Well, we will wrap it up here. We will see you all in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Have a great time, and uh, we will be back soon. Cheers.